congregation of Jesus Christ. We are looking here at Isaiah 28. Interesting passage. Lots of, lots of nice stuff there. Art read it too. One of my favorite verses in there is verse 20. The bed is too small and the covers don't cover, right? Man, what's he talking about? I know that. Feet sticking out. Yeah, he's coming right down to earth. It, it is, I'll, I'll explain a little more what he's talking about, but just just for, for an example, he's talking about work, people working, and, and verse uh, 24, the, pl the farmer plows, and does he keep on plowing? Well, well, he's working hard, he's working, so he might as well keep plowing, right? Just keep plowing and plowing and plow all through the spring and the summer and the fall, because he's working. Say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Sure, you're working, but that's not how God designed it, right? So you have to think differently. Our work has to be in God's design. And so, so yeah, a ridiculous example. Does the plowman keep on plowing all through the year? No. He plants. He follows the instruction of God. And also with the threshing, verse 28, the threshing of the grain. You, you thresh the grain. You, you don't keep threshing it forever. That work gets done, and then you go on to the next thing, or you rest. And so, so he's talking about our work and how we are tied to it, and it's it's a fascinating passage. It's just so we'll be we'll be looking at some of those things here this evening. the The context, as we look at at God's word this evening, we do it in relation to our confession and the confession that we also uh, spoke this evening is is an effort to sum up that word of god and and to to state it in a way that would would address our contemporary culture regular folks who we interact with so you could almost give it to them and they they could read it and they would say too yeah what do you think about work and well our work is a calling from god Okay, yeah, that's what the Bible says. And so that's a different view of work, right, than the average guy living on the street here. Work's a calling from God. No, I work to make money, so no, your work is a calling from God. So the effort of, of the confession is to draw faith centrally into what, what our work is. And the mission of God's people is to bring faith to bear in all areas of life, including work. Now, this, this confession is a focus, again, of the Reformed churches. It's, it's a confession. The contemporary testimony is only uh, used at this time in, in the Reformed churches. It's not in, in any other churches. Like the Heidelberg Catechism is, and the Belgic Confession is in other churches, and the Canons of Dort, too, other traditions but not the contemporary testimony. So it is, it is one of our specific efforts, and as, as it does that, it, it brings out um, an emphasis from about 100 years ago. And Abraham Kuyper became the prime minister of Holland, right, around 1900. And his looking very carefully at God's word, he has beautiful books, devotions, and, and things of faith, and, and very, very strong uh, faith, spiritual center, and then, and then his vision, based fully on the biblical view of, of how 
all of our lives need to have that faith focus. And that comes back in this contemporary testimony, at this point especially. And so when, when it thinks here, we, we looked at stanzas 48 and 49, but it's actually the largest section in the contemporary testimony, how are we supposed to live out this faith? We say we believe God is creator. We say we believe the Bible. We say we recognize sin. And we say we are saved by grace in Jesus. And we believe in who Jesus is. And that's our hope. And we, we see the work of the church going forward. And all of those things we've looked at through the summer. And now it says, okay, what, what's our mission? How do we really engage with all this truth, all things around us? And so this this section that includes 48 and 49, our work and our rest, our leisure, are part of it. But, but it goes through all kinds of things. It, it, it includes actually spreading the gospel, which is definitely part of our mission, just to make a, a clear gospel presentation. But then it adds that we need to feed the hungry and, and care for the poor. Well, that's, that's absolute. That's how we live this out. Then it talks about that we also need to be salt and light in a dark world and, and in, a, in a world that, that is festering. And so it, it pushes that more, too, that, that we want to be light in the darkness, that we want to be a, a healing presence in a broken world. So, okay, we, and it, it lays out how to do that a little more. It says very specifically in stanza 44, we want to protect life in a world of death. And so we want to uh, maintain life from conception till natural death. So that's our faith statement to this culture where infants are aborted and where euthanasia is, is coming more and more, right? So, so that's very much part of our living out our faith. It speaks in stanza 45, mission to recognize male and female and to be pure in our created sexuality. Well, that's an important one because that keeps coming up too. What is male and female and what is it? And so it states just clearly to be a compassionate, clear witness there. It says that we need to have a, a, a mission to married and singles, to those who are separated, divorced, to families, to old and young. So we, we engage all, all people. It mentions education in stanza 47. To educate in this world is to bring uh, people in contact with God. So Christian education. That's to truly educate people. You can't say you've educated people unless you have introduced them to the God of the, of the whole world. Otherwise, you're not, you're not educating them in terms of the truth. So it, it brings all of these things forward very nicely. It does talk about our work and our leisure, 48, 49. 50 talks about science, carefully thinking through scientific advances under God's will. So, so all of these things, how, how do we interact? Like in a, in a practical, modern world, in a, in a faith-based way. It talks about interacting with government, and we seek to do that as well. And to seek peace on earth is the last one, to oppose weapons and threats of violence. 
So, so it, it, it's a large section, and it, it just gives us direction, inspiration, how we're supposed to live out. And it gives all these key areas. And there's more that we could add that we could think of, too. The vision is very broad. Kuiper's uh, most quoted statement, too, every, every square inch, every square inch of this world, every, everything comes under God's control. It should all have that sense, that center, that focus. So that's, that's what we are bringing to a world, a world we live in, which says, no, there is no square inch where God has any say. That's really the, the philosophy of this world, right? God has nothing to do with anything. And we say, God has everything to do with everything. So that's a good confession. That's a nice confession. That's where we stand. Tonight, I just want to touch on the area of our mission in terms of work and rest. And we are privileged to be uh, identified sometimes as Calvinists. And among those who are identified as Calvinists, we are actually called, we are actually to have a work ethic. Did you know that? We have a work ethic. Haley, did you know that? No. It's called the Calvinist work ethic. And it's, it's part of our heritage. Have you heard of it, Darren? You bet. It comes up, yeah, less frequently, but overall, that's definitely... Calvinists, those of the Reformed persuasion, they work hard. They just work hard. That's, that's kind of in them, right? That's basic to who we are. When, when we work, we work hard. It's, it's an emphasis on our personal calling before God and that by working hard, we honor God and we also uh, bless society and, and yeah, we do gain to ourselves. But the point of working hard to honor God with all our heart, our mind, our strength, this is why. And so, so that is work, the emphasis on hard work, and that's good. It's, it's just there's always, always the thing, we don't work hard at our work in order to earn our salvation. It's not that, it's not tied to, to works of saving grace or, or anything like that. It's simply, it's simply that in our daily work, whatever we're doing, carpentry or on the farm, everything else, we do it with all our might as unto the Lord. So it's hard work and you, you work hard at the, work God has given you and the place God has placed you. And then there, there is a, a bit of a, a residual. I, I, I followed it up a little bit. I didn't follow it too far, but, but there is a bit of a thought somewhere in the development of the Calvinist work ethic that, that if, if you are working hard, if you are one who works really hard, at your work, then you're probably elect of God and saved. <laughs> I 
So you could kind of look around at people and the lazy and those who really aren't putting out. They're probably not the elect of God. We wouldn't want to say for sure, but and so we wouldn't really, that's, that's not the proper way to go. But that, that is some behind why this was, this was pushed so hard. That, that you, just, you just work, work, work. And so it's good. It's good that, that there is a, a vigorous sense of work, but it can go beyond as well. It becomes too much even. So, so that's what we're looking at. And so it, it really eliminated rest. And almost to the point that when the Bible says God rested, then, yeah, that's, that's not as... It, it's rest becomes difficult if you just are working all the time. And so even, even the one day of the week, uh, yeah, we got lots of work to do. And so you see that pressure, and then... There is even the in our culture where people, when they rest, they are so busy. So it's not really rest. So, so how do you demonstrate rest in a world where, where rest becomes, you, you come back from time away and you're exhausted. <laughs> and and you, it's just, it's so full. It's not, it's not actual work, but but you are not rested, and you are not recharged, really, and you're not really reconnected in, in faith either. And so, so what is rest then? So we, we have to look at that and, and be aware of that for ourselves and others too, that we can get caught up in, in missing the blessing and the purpose that God has. So it's really our mission in a, in a workaholic world and in a restless world to model proper work and proper rest. To be that uh, place of God, that presence of God. So how do we do that? James 1 verse 22 calls us to put our faith into practice and, and in our workplace to to be witnesses, to have our work uh, guided and directed by God. The example of Bezalel, 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 he was the one in Exodus uh, 35 to 38 who built a temple or the tabernacle. He was, he was called to, uh, he was a worker and, uh, and he was able to work in all kinds of, of metals and things. And it says about him in his work, it says he was filled with the Holy Spirit. So in, in his working, there, there was a, uh, an obvious difference about how he... Now, he was skilled, of course, and the spiritual gifts are there, but there's more than that, that he, he was actually... It was evident in his work that, that he, was, he was truly serving the Lord and, 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 and his work was, was of service to the Lord and and with the Lord clearly in mind all the time. So if, if people watch you and me in our work, would they sense that about us? That, that we are really, really 
serving the Lord, that we, we have that center first of all? Or is it, is it more like the confession says, stanza 48, uh, we're just working for wages and we're just managing for profit? Well, that's a whole different uh, attitude, right? And so what, what is the attitude supposed to be? So our attitude shouldn't be like that summarized in Ecclesiastes 3.22, uh, people who experience work as, as that constant struggle and a chasing after the wind because they see it as making money and getting things, but it's an empty life but to also to glorify God in our work, to find satisfaction in our work, to have that purpose of God unfolding in our work and in our lives, to add goodness and satisfaction and enjoyment, to see work as a gift from God and unto the glory of God, and to do our best for God's sake, to model God who works. And so, so God in his work too, that creative work, just to, to rejoice as he was doing that work of creation and then to recognize Jesus' work. He, if you, if you read the Gospels in terms of Jesus' activity, life and work, too, hard work, but then always, always meeting the needs of the people, always, always focusing on building the kingdom of God, always seeking to draw people into relationship with God. And so that reality of, of God at work, our work modeling him. This is also in the context of Genesis 3, the curse that has come on our work. And so you have this TGIF, People work all week, and then, yeah, thank God it's Friday, right? Thank God it's Friday, because work is, is not good. And then you have work where, where people uh, take advantage of employees or, or employees of employers, and the creativity in work is shown in how to do as little as possible. So that, that's kind of a mark of, of work or people who uh, complain constantly about their work. So, so what, what is it when work becomes that way? We need to maintain our integrity before God in our work as faithful witnesses. They say by far the majority of theft from stores is by the employees themselves, hey? Yeah, what is that? We are to be before God, working well, doing what is right and good, not taking advantage of others, not seeking the best for ourselves, but living out the love of God, the love of Jesus, as a mission, as a witness in our work. So that's, that's the vision that comes forward, biblically speaking. So, so when Cain says too in the Bible, uh, am I my brother's keeper? There is in, in our work, yeah, we, we watch out for each other. That we, we seek to uh, 
help, support, work. It's, it's not about deadlines and profits. It's about the people you work with. It's about the people you witness to through your work. And so to have that in, in relation to being a witness. <laughs> I had it just the other day. I was, I was talking to someone, and, uh, and it was uh, someone I knew. They worked in, in, a, in a Christian business, and, uh, and then uh, it was, it was uh, their birthday, and uh, the work was going well. The person uh, does, does the work good, does the work well. And so uh, she got her birthday off with pay, and they sent her for a massage. So they, oh, that's not bad. Right? Now that's, that's a different attitude, right? Than, than profit and, yeah, there's, there's something else going on there that's good and encouraging and helpful. So to take away that, that work-driven very uh, the personal out of it uh, to put that back in and to see how we can minister to each other life is hard and work is hard but our faith brings light and salt and brings love and grace into that work environment even when there is a conflict at work, seek to be a peacemaker, Matthew 5. And where there is a, a destructive, competitive spirit, some work environments very competitive, can be very destructive that you cut others down. That seems to be the general rule. Seek to build up a cooperative approach to things. Cultivate relationships with people and seek to serve others in love. That's that's a redeeming and renewing uh, presence in the workplace. Now, Isaiah 28 brings us into focus already long ago. And it has, uh, when it mentions it twice here, uh, the sense of work, uh, do this or do that. Uh, just on and on, do this, do that. Uh, that the work... Uh, never ends. What is Isaiah dealing with? He's dealing with people who, who refuse to heed God's will for their lives. And, and they've just, just kind of, uh, though they've heard him speak about it, and he wants to draw them back uh, for God that, that they, they are just uh, interacting. Uh, there's no real caring and no real place for God in their lives and in their work. Just do this, do that. And verse 12 talks about, too, no rest, uh, to whom he said, this is the resting place, uh, let the weary rest, verse 12, this is the place of repose, but they would not listen. And so it's just do this, do that. And then if I look at you and I say, hey, you should do this and that, you should do this and that, you look at me, oh, you should do this and that, and we shall go around, you do this and that, and do this and that, and this and that, and it just never ends, right? And so that's kind of the, the picture that, that he is, is, is facing. And so no rest and all work. And there seems to be Isaiah's words here in verse 15 that, that this will uh, avoid death. You have entered a covenant into a covenant with death, with an agreement, 
that uh, it cannot touch us. And, and there, there is something that I will make something of myself. I will make a name for myself so that through all my hard work, even when I'm gone, I'll, I'll still be present. And that's, that's about the best you get in a world without God, but that's kind of the push, right? And so people want their names on things, and those who have worked and, and accumulated much, they can have that type of lasting uh, legacy in their own eyes for the short term, but it's a false hope because death will not spare them. Happiness will elude them, and there's no true hope apart from trusting in God who gives joy and life freely as the gift of faith. No need to work for it at all, not based on what we do. Isaiah 28, verse 16, uh, speaks very clearly about that. Already here in Isaiah 28, he says, he, says, he, he brings in that familiar passage that, that God is working. I lay a stone in Zion, a tested and precious cornerstone. Build on that. Work on that. It's not the work of the world. It's the work of God's redeeming love in Jesus Christ. The one who relies on that will never be stricken with panic, my version says. It's, it's the solid center of a faith and life, the work that God is doing in Jesus, the work of salvation, the solid cornerstone, is where we need to focus our work as well. And if we don't, if we don't, then, then never enough. Everything will be carried away. Morning after morning, day and night will be swept away. All the things that we try to do, it won't last. It'll, it'll all be gone. And then that, that's the example of the bed is too short and, and the blanket's too narrow. It's never enough. You can never have enough or... or, or it, it's, it's always, if, if you're just yourself and your work and, and then seeking to find your own comfort and your own future and your own security, it will never be enough. And you have one house or two houses, you have never satisfied. You have to work harder yet to get more yet. When will it end? It will never end because there is no end. There is no hope. So Isaiah 28 is, is bringing these things forward. Verse 21, God will do his work. I love verse 21 too. Uh, God will do his work. It's a strange work. A strange work. He will rouse himself in the valley of Gibeon. It, it talks about this really his, his saving work, his task, is an alien task. God, God is at work uh, redeeming a fallen world and in that work, he also includes rest. 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 Why would you rest? Because you, you trust in God. That's why you would rest. That you would just rest in God. And that you would, you would recognize God in others and just Recognize, too, you work reasonable hours. 
That's very odd. In our in our culture too, you ask people, how how are you working? Oh, I work, you know, ten hour days, twelve hour days, fifteen hour days. You know. Well, just just yeah. I mean, there are times you you're busier than others, but I mean, reasonable hours. You work and you do your work and you work well. But it's not all about the work. So it's strange. God's God's work seems strange in our world where he would say, you can rest. You can close the store on Sundays. You can turn off the tractor. And it'll be okay. It'll be okay. That's strange. That's strange in our world, in our day. Because we got to keep going. Other things, you can give the employees some flexibility. Did you hear about this company just recently? I forget which one it was. It says that the company, that people could take as many holidays as they wanted. It was in the news, eh? Did you hear about that? The employees? Yeah. They didn't need to get their work done. The work needed to be done. But they could take as many holidays and whenever and wherever they wanted. And so that, that made the news because that's strange. <laughs> but there was an element of, of work and then rest. It wasn't a Christian company specifically. It was uh, another company. I'll have to check again. But our picture of, of living before God, seeing God's gracious care in our lives, receiving our work, the work we do, doing it well unto his glory, and then also being able just to rest in him. What a, what a testimony to a, a hectic and, 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 and very restless and, and workaholic culture on the other side. So we continue to be those who seek to listen, verse 23, hear the voice of God, uh, pay attention, and let God speak into our lives too with thanksgiving, for the work he gives us, and with the opportunity just to rest in him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your work, your good work in this world and in our lives. We thank you for the work you give us, and we thank you, too, for the times of rest. And we pray that we might truly rest, rest in you, and not overdo it in our times of rest, but like you have a... a given us rest too, that we would more simply and truly rest in you and rest from our work and be truly refreshed. Lord, we thank you that as we see our lives and our place in your plan, that you, Lord, would be honored in all we do and that through our faith and trust in you, we would be a witness to those around us to your love and grace. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to respond in singing a couple of songs, and uh, we don't actually have any uh, picked out. So if you would like to pick two favorites, then we...